0: The radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be
1: politically correct Well then whitely so. Gil Whiteley will give
2: you the absolute truth Hello and welcome back
1: Gil
2: Whiteley Gil Whiteley and Doug Otter will with you for the next 45 minutes joining us from Washington. Uh, the White House correspondent for Fox News, not not, not Fox 31, Fox News National, uh, <laughs> Kevin Cork, who started here in Denver. Uh, I don't know if he started here, but uh, uh, I knew you early in your career when you were a sports guy on 9 News.
0: Well, yeah, because uh, I'm a Colorado kid. I went to
2: elementary, middle school, high school,
0: college, uh, first 10 years in my professional career. All in the Mile High City, man.
2: Your first thoughts when you heard Brian Flores uh, say that John Elway and Joe Ellis showed up looking like they were disheveled and they'd been out out drinking heavily the night before and showed up an hour late. Uh, I I know those guys. You 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 know John Elway. I don't know if you know uh, uh, Joe Ellis, but Joe Ellis, I'll bet you has has a record of every, day, of every day and every hour that he's been an adult. That's how organized Joe Ellis is. So I have a feeling that 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 did not ring as true to me.
0: You know, and I watched
2: um, Coach Flores'
0: interview this morning on CBS, and I have to say, uh, I found the allegation somewhat wanting, and I'll tell you why. If that happened, and again, I wasn't there, you weren't yep. there. But let's. But if it happened, I don't think you sort of can it uh, for years. I think you you make that known at the time, and I think you you get it in paper or you get it in writing somewhere. Where you write them after the fact, and you say, "Hey, listen, you know, I that didn't you know didn't sit well with me. Well, what was that all about? Uh, it just it just seems like I, I kept waiting for the aha. The, the
2: the smoking well, I gun just would hate I, hate. I would hate that he would get caught in a lie that wasn't even necessary to tell or say or 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 because he has no idea if they were out drinking the night before. You're going to tell me they didn't shower and they smelled like booze, or well, how do you tell if someone's got a hangover <laughs> and anything else that goes with that?
1: Because uh, exactly.
2: the fact the fact is, there's seven seventy percent of the NFL. Is, uh, have black players. And there's only one black head coach. Uh, and and th- that's a disparity. That's, uh, it, that should be fixed. But the Rooney rule has been, a, has been a joke all along.
0: Well, I think that's exactly right for two reasons. One, if you have to make people do the right thing or to do the smart thing, the, the good business decision by rule then it's probably not a good rule because at the end of the day, you want to just pick the best people. A better strategy, and again, I'm not in the NFL, I get it, I'm not running the league, but if I were advising them, I think a much stronger strategy rather than having the existing Rooney rule, which is sort of a joke, uh, would be to simply say, we are going to develop uh, former players and former coordinators and uh, assistant coaches both in the college and the professional ranks and prepare them. That's a much smarter rule and you can home grow by the way really good coaches if you commit to it as an organization and I think there are some organizations that already do without the need for the so-called Rooney rule. Uh you
2: yeah, know and it, it it hasn't been brought up all day is that they were they were actually interviewing for a coach a head coach after they just had a black head coach it's sort of it's not so of so call it. You know, I, my, I was at a radio station once that they fired a guy, uh, and he wanted to sue them for, for, uh, for ageism. And as it turns out, I was the guy they replaced him with, and I was like three years older than he was. And <laughs> <I love laughs> so so that, that's kind of that's kind of a scenario. You know, you know, this is bad luck that you're doing it at this time. Yeah,
0: so, so much for that Doug, argument, right?
2: Doug? Doug? I guess we
1: lost Kevin, Doug? No, I got you, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Sorry okay. about that. Kevin, I was just kind of listening in, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Um, my question is, when something like this happens, when racism is accused, and maybe they're is the, some of it exists in this scenario, and maybe some of it doesn't. How much does it discredit or harm the process or the movement toward ultimately ending racism when there are these hiccups like this where someone basically cries wolf and there isn't any?
0: Exactly the problem when you start making this something where we have to sort of get into the argument of, did we interview people a certain person or did we appoint a certain person because of the amount of melanin in their skin? What it does is it it almost, in my opinion, takes away from what they've accomplished and achieved. You can hire someone who's African-American and you don't have to say, we're going to hire a black coach. Why? Because we're in the business of winning. And if the winning coach who wins that process uh, happens to be black, great, good, whatever. If they're blue, great, good, whatever. I'm in the business of winning. I'm not in the business of social engineering. And if somebody wants to have a process where we get more people in the pipeline, I think it starts at the team level with encouragement and support from the league, but not, in my opinion, some sort of a rule where you're basically, because here's what's going to happen. The next rule is going to be, did you interview... Uh, Hispanic coach? Did you interview a female? Did you interview an Asian American? Did you interview... You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense yeah. to go down this road, in my opinion.
2: Now, I've said for years on my show, publicly, that uh, when, a black, when a black man gets, gets hired in the NBA, oh, Chauncey Billups, Portland Trailblazers. That's what they say. They don't say, oh, they hired a black coach. And it happens so often in the NBA that it's not a big deal, same in major league baseball okay that, that you know that, that someone gets hired and he's black or white, they just say they name who it is. Football has to self self uh, uh, fix this uh but enforcing things like this in this kind of situation the numbers the numbers are there. So it's systemic. So football has to figure it out. But that doesn't mean when he came, when he, you know, and they forced them to, to interview two black men, and they go, well, we know we want to hire this guy, and now they got to hire him. And so it does become a facade.
1: Absolutely. Kevin, how, in and your guys. observation, Kevin, how has mm-hmm. the NBA or Major League Baseball managed to, essentially do this to to gill's point where you don't mention the color of someone's skin when they get hired. um you know the the um let's be honest whether it's a major league baseball or an nba or an nfl franchise i mean the majority of these are owned by rich old white guys i mean let's not kid ourselves how have those leagues managed to make it a non-issue where the nfl is still sort of stuck in this strange place you know, part of it is, I
0: believe, again, it's, it's done by the teams rather than by the league. Uh, for example, 40% of the players in baseball, uh, I, I want to say I read a stat that said something like 40% were foreign-born or minority. Yeah, okay? right now there's
2: only about 7 or 8% of Major League Baseball are African-American. Unbelievable.
0: Correct. It is shocking, especially considering when I was growing up, uh, you know, Ozzy Smith. You know, going all the way back. I mean, Lou Brock. I mean, there was a lot of guys that played baseball. Bob Gibson. You know, all the, a lot of the kids in my neighborhood loved baseball and grew up playing baseball, and that's a separate story. But I think the reason baseball's done a better job in the NBA, for uh, especially when compared to football, is because I think they home grow their coaches. For example, if you are an outstanding player and you've just hung up your cleats. Let's keep you inside the business. Let's get you not just involved in sort of, oh, you get to be on the community, you know, reach out, outreach team. Great. How about we put a headset on you? How about we keep you involved? Because that's how you grow coaches, and that's how you make better head coaches. And Major League Baseball and the NBA especially have done a great job. You see guys that don't need the money, but they want to be assistant coaches because they want to stay connected to the game that starts from the top down and the National Football League can do a better job and the teams themselves if they take this approach, in my opinion.
2: Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to now. You're still uh, in the front row at the, uh, in the in the White House briefing room, right?
0: You know what? It's funny. Because I'm still part of our White House unit, I still go over there. However, I, I'm working the later shifts. So what happens is when there's breaking news and it's, say, 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening East Coast time, that's when I sort of spring into action. The good news is I'm on every night on a show or two shows. The the bad news is I miss the noon, the 1 o'clock in the afternoon briefings. But you know what? I've been there, done that. This is my fourth <laughs> my fourth administration, so uh, they're not going to say a lot that I haven't heard before or I haven't seen. You know, I like to tease people when they come in and they feel all powerful. I'm like, you know... Good for you. You'll be gone in four to eight years, and most of the people in the room here will still be around trying to be there as the voice for the American people, asking the tough questions, looking for answers to everyday problems, things that really matter. And uh, I'm still loving it, brother.
2: Well, I I always appreciate that you do get back to me even when I'm privately texting. Uh, I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes when we were texting – uh, you were afraid that someone was listening in on us or reading our text <laughs> uh, during the Trump administration. probably during the Trump, do. During the Trump administration.
0: <laughs> and, Trust me, when you uh, work uh, and live in this town,
2: you assume everything's being watched.
0: That's just, uh, that's <laughs> life in Washington.
2: <laughs> anyway, I love you. Thanks so much for coming on and, and, and speaking your piece. Anytime, fellas. Have a great day. Be well. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Cork, White House correspondent for uh, for Fox News. We'll be back right after this. Irony Stapleton. <laughs>